0: hello and welcome to the family show i'm your host eleanor rossman and joining me this week and every week are brenda and randy lee
1: so good to be here good to
0: be here always good to see you guys and um you know i have to say i haven't seen this program but i'm gonna watch it we're gonna talk today about the last two episodes of the series the bear
1: yeah and Brendan and I were just talking about that, and, and we don't know if you should watch it, so we'll get there, right? So, <laughs> okay. so, so we were talking a couple weeks ago about episode six and seven, and, and we skipped episode, well, we saw episode eight, but, but you know, we, we finally got to, to nine and ten, right? The second season of Bear, it's a series about this, this world's greatest chef kind of character, comes back to Chicago to run the family restaurant, this greasy spoon, right, after his older brother commits suicide. And episodes six and seven were about the the two perfect dinners that had these two perfect dinners that had these wildly different implications. So we just finally got watching episodes nine and ten of the second season. So we're, we're we finished the second season, right? So and we're all caught up. And and people may be wondering, you know, this guy keeps talking about this TV series. Kind of like what you were saying, Eleanor. You know, does he want us to watch? this show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is this show any good? And, and I was thinking about it. And those are really great questions, <laughs> right? Is it any good? And, and I, I think the camera work, the imagery in the series is incredible. And, and the acting, the characters are all really easy to connect with. I think the writers are very creative, imaginative people. So should people watch the series? And the answer to that is, I don't know, right? First of all, I think Hollywood has gotten really into unnecessarily profane language. Yeah, right? for uh, sure. Right. And, and if that bothers you, that is definitely present in the show, right? The bigger question for me, though, is the subject matter of the show, right? I've been watching for two seasons. Right, get to the end of season two, and I finally know what the show is about. And it isn't just about a restaurant in Chicago, right? I don't know if the writers and the director, the actors know this, but so far, fundamentally, the show is about a world without God, right? Mm-hmm right and on that level the show is very illuminating but a world without god is really hard to watch mm-hmm. right right it's funny but but we think we know what a world without god looks like but i don't think we do because our father loves us too much to let us see one
0: mm-hmm.
1: right y- you get to episode 10 last episode of the second season, it's the grand reopening of this former Greasy Spoon dive kind of place, you know, opening into an ultra-fine dining experience kind of place. And the stars of the episode are doors. Hmm. Right? Not people. They're doors, right? The mom of the two owners of the restaurant is estranged from the family. she's She's a very messed up, broken individual. But the daughter-owner who wants to be reconciled with the mom invites the mother to this grand reopening, right? Mom gets to the front door of the restaurant, but she can't bring herself to open the door and go in, right? Son-in-law discovers her there, you know, tries to get her to come in, but she won't, she, she can't, right? Love is waiting for, for the mom on the other side of the door forgiveness
0: Mm -hmm. is
1: waiting for the mom on the other side of the door healing restoration are all on the other side of the door but she can't pass through the door because she is certain she is unloved and unlovable
2: right that's that was my takeaway even with some of the I mean the acting is phenomenal and the The degree of brokenness, it's just like I don't know if I can watch one more speck. Wow, honestly, in a family unit, it's just, as Randy said, it is just so are odd. you talking about like a really dysfunctional family? Oh,
1: watch <laughs> I mean it, it yeah it, it's the irony is it's it's a, a really dysfunctional family trying so hard to be functional,
2: but each of without them- God. Without God. Without right? God. And yeah. each of them, as it unfolds, comes down to the core of they each believe they're not able to be loved. Oh. And so what that, it, a world without love and what that looks like. Yes.
1: And, and so, so you got this mom and on top of this unlovable dynamic, she is unable to forgive herself and she is unable to conceive that others could forgive her right yeah. she she even says at one point i don't know how to be forgiven mm-hmm. right i mean that just i don't that, that i don't know how to be forgiven right Yeah. the world's greatest chef guy right gets locked in the freezer handles broken can't open the door right people are calling to him through the door i love you But he can't open that door. He can't accept that love. He can't reciprocate that love, right? It's very ironic, right? You have this show about this restaurant that changes hands because a guy commits suicide. But the real tragedy of the show, and this is a very cold thing to say, Mm -hmm. but the real tragedy of the show becomes not the guy who died. It's the people who are living, believing that they're unloved and unlovable, people who believe that they can't become. And this is yet another dynamic of this brokenness, people who believe they can't become more than they currently are.
0: You know, um, I think a lot of people have experienced rejection mm-hmm. from a failed love affair or marriage or friendship or whatever. Um at the, at the base of it, at least you say, well, you know what? Okay. I was rejected by so and so, but I know God loves me.
2: Yeah. I know he created me because he loves me. And I think of all the, say the current, whether you're middle school or high school, when that peer pressure really starts to build and all of a sudden you're not in the cool group or you get a look or you know, people are talking about you and what that does. If you don't have that core the strength that God loves me to be able to go home to a family and kind of talk about that Mm -hmm. and the parents send you and say, but God loves you. There is your strength. If you don't have that, you go back into that daily, how that wears you down and deteriorates your self image. And then you get into where we are today.
0: Yeah. And you know, it creates blocks, yeah. block God from coming into our life and others into our life become such a shell of protection right? that it's really not living, is it?
1: I mean, that's in a world without God, when you experience those rejections, you are experiencing rejections in the most profound relationships in your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In a world where there is God, in the most profound relationship in your life, there is never rejection. Yeah. It's like all these tangential relationships may falter, but the central relationship in your life is always marked by love, right? A world without God is a world without love, a world where, where people feel trapped behind doors, separated, separated by their past, their failings, their imperfections. I read a parable, kind of thing, story once, about a little kid And this little kid has his nickel, and he walks up to the candy machine, and the candy machine has a sign on it that says, out of order, right? (laughs) Yeah. But the kid can't read, right? The little kid can see the candy, right? It's there in the machine. He has the nickel, but he can't get the candy. He's so close, it should be so easy, Mm -hmm. and instead, it's impossible, right? You watch the show. It's populated by good likable people but that's not enough yeah right we're not enough to make the world work right Mm -hmm. our love is not enough to make the world work right all these people working so hard loving so hard to make something good and it all goes undone anyway right Mm -hmm. you watch episode nine and these people seem so close to a happy ending and then in episode 10 they just can't bring it home
2: yeah. And what's so interesting too, in the midst of all this, like confusion and brokenness and shouting, and several times there's images on the wall of Christ. Have, did you notice that? And it's almost like they're missing it. They're, yeah. he's there and they're just missing. Yeah. Looking for
0: love in all the wrong places.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get some caught up in the show that I'm missing, right? That's <laughs> why we hey, end up in this show. Like, I think it's a world without God, right? Yeah. Th- I mean, you think that men left to their own devices are corrupted and distorted, right? It's yeah. called original sin, yeah. right? And you don't solve the problem of original sin by bringing a thousand or a million or billions of broken people together, right? The only global fix for our mutual brokenness is what Bren is seeing on the walls in the show. Mm-hmm. It's God,
0: yeah, right in front of your face, mm-hmm.
1: or that's what we got. That's where he ought to be, not right. always right in front of mine. No, but but that's that's where we got to keep him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's why it. You know, when you go to mass, you know, we have the beautiful, we have statues, we have the crucifix. You can be wow but you have to have that stuff in your home too. I was just thinking that very same thing. Mm-hmm. I thought
0: I finally found a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that I really like. Not the there's some that are like he's so feminine. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I have it up on the mantle. Nice. And I see him and I've got, you know, our our Lady Guadalupe over here framed. You know, mm-hmm. I do think, you know, we are visual people. We are. Uh for the
2: most part. And so we have to be. I have to be reminded constantly. Yeah. We went to dinner last night at a friend's house, and over her mantle, she has a huge picture of Sacred Heart, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's with like Saint Margaret Mary. And you know, we were chatting, but every I tell you, every ten seconds, you my looked. eyes. And I finally said to her, "That is a phenomenal image to have in your great room here. What?" How can you walk through there and not look at that and say a prayer?
0: You know, I remember Michael and I went to New York. There was a lecture with Archbishop Chaput. And um, behind Archbishop Chaput was this beautiful Rembrandt picture Mm. of Jesus, you know. And he said, people, you need to have pictures of Jesus in your house. Mm -hmm. I would say in Mary as well. Mm back with the family show and we're talking about what the world would look like without God in it
1: that's what that's what we were talking about right um and I think Jesus sort of weighs in on this in the prodigal son parable in Luke right so so what happens the younger son wants to live in a world outside the presence of his father right kind of like us today so he says dad Give me what's coming to me. Actually, it's what he's looking for is what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing's coming to him. But, but he was, you know, Dad, give me what I want, what's coming to me. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend you're dead, right? Liquidate your assets. I'll leave you behind and I'll create my own way. And of course, the son ends up in a life he can't live with, right? Starving, feeding the pigs is our story. So different, right? Americans are 4.6% of the world's population and consume 80% of the world's opioids, two-thirds of the world's illegal drugs, right? One in 12 adult American males has an alcohol abuse disorder and over 600,000 American children abuse alcohol, right? It's the prodigal son story, right? We have attempted to create a world without God and found we don't want to live in the world we've created, right? We look at the world we're living in and we know it cannot be our home, right? We know we were made for more, mm-hmm. right? We, we we know we were made to live life abundantly. We know this life isn't abundant, right? But we don't know how to get there, to that abundant life. We're, we're like the little kids staring at the broken candy dispenser, right? You might think that a world without God is hopeless, but actually you watch a season of the bear and you realize a world without God is not hopeless. It's worse than hopeless, mm. right? Here we are, we're born into exile, Right? But we know instinctively right. we're born for paradise, yes. right? Hope is in that dynamic inevitable, right? If you're in a bad place and you know you were made for a good place, you figure you got to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Hope is in our nature. But in a world without God, hope always ends in disappointment and despair,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Hoping to attain paradise in a world populated by 7 billion dysfunctional people, as Rich Mullins would say, is just bad math, right? Mm. Hope is only realized in the love of God. Yeah, And, And that's the beauty of this prodigal son parable, right? We think the son is off to a fatherless world. We think the father is dead to the son. But God the Father always insists on leaving enough light on that we can find our way home, right? And and when the son comes to himself, favorite your favorite line, right? When the son comes to himself in the prodigal son's story, he sees that light and he follows it home, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of how the bear decides to, to take this, and to go back to what Brenda mentioned that, that, you do have the 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 Christian images, and, and maybe they're going to pick up on that, right? Um, but but regardless of of the dynamic there, in reality, we can convince ourselves that we live in a world without God, right? A world where we are unloved and unlovable and unforgivable, a world where hope will always end in disappointment and despair. But being omnipresent means God is always there. Emmanuel is always with us. There, in reality, can never be a world without God, Mm -hmm. right? He created the world. And he left himself in it, right? (laughs) Right. I will always be with you till the end of time, Mm -hmm. right? I love the story of Jesus knocking Saul off his horse in Acts, right? Mm -hmm. Saul's on the road to Damascus. But I do think, and this is a little presumptive of me, I do think Luke misses a couple of lines in that story, right? So as Luke presents it, Saul, soon to be Paul, is traveling to Damascus. He's got his soldiers with him. He's got letters that say that he can lock up any Christians he finds. All of a sudden, you get this bolt of lightning. Jesus knocks Saul off his horse. He blinds him. Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm -hmm. Right? Not surprisingly, Saul asks, Who are you, Lord? Right? Mm -hmm. Gonna fix this problem. Mm -hmm. Whoever I'm persecuting, I'm gonna change it, right? You know, who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. Mm -hmm. And in Acts, as Luke writes it, Jesus just keeps talking, right? But I think at that point, Saul actually cuts in. He has a response, which you may or may not have articulated, right? But I think he at least thought it, because it's it's exactly what I would have said, right? <laughs> I I think Saul may actually have at least been thinking, if you're Jesus, then I am persecuting you. Because you're destabilizing my world, Mm -hmm. my life, Mm -hmm. my future, my plans. So I need you out of my world, Mm -hmm. right? Out of my way, right? Literally. Literally, right? That's why am I persecuting you? Because I need to do this my way and you're in the way, right? I had this whole big plan of how (laughs) I was going to be something. And and I'm the hero. And I'm the hero of my life and Mm -hmm. you just keep getting in the way, right? And, and Jesus responds to that with, but Saul, I love you. Mm. Right. And it's then that Luke picks up with what Jesus says, right? Right. Then, then Jesus says, Saul, rise up, live life abundantly, do what I tell you to do, and I will take you places where you never imagined, right? Mm -hmm. I will teach you a real hope. I will love you, forgive you, heal you to a degree that you could not have ever thought possible, right? That's, That's the culmination of the story. You know, Lord, you know, I'm persecuting you because you're getting in my way. No. I am your way. Yeah, I right? am the way. I am, I am the way for you. That what you're pretending in, what you're thinking is your way is nothing that you want to live with, right? The Bible actually is filled with people who see the world without God, see themselves as not loved, not lovable, can't become more than they currently are, right? They have no hope. And then God, Jesus, smashes their way, his way, right, into their world, just like they do with Saul, right? And once that happens, nothing can ever be the same again, Mm -hmm. right? That's why the Bible is the good news, because it attests that regardless of what we may think, there is no world without God, Mm -hmm. right? And he's always going to be open, leaving the light on to get us there.
2: And I think as, you know, Catholic Christians, that's got to be our message always to the world. You know, you're going to see people around you that are hopeless, are, uh, you know, depressed. And instead of like, like, Well, that's too bad for them. We need to be that beacon Mm -hmm. of always being a light.
0: You know, I think about the woman at the well, right? Mm -hmm. And we see she's unnamed, right? The woman Mm -hmm. at the well. And I mean, it's astounding. Jesus tells her everything that she's Mm -hmm. doing and not doing Mm -hmm. and not doing very well. And he never says to her in an accusatory way, well, you're like the biggest sinner. I've met at this well. Mm Mm-hmm. He just tells her what she already knows, and it's that recognition of like, wow. Um, the biggest stumbling block sometimes is our own ego, is that we just see ourselves in a certain way, and don't think that God can mm-hmm. change us or mm-hmm. make things better. Or mm-hmm. you know, we are we exist such tunnel vision.
1: I mean, that's that's a, it's so incredible. It's so beautiful because because if you think about it. If Jesus just says, you're a nice person, glad to meet you, right. I love you, I'll give you some living water, right, then there's no point to it, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's no value in it to her, right, because he's not loving who she is, he's loving the mask, right? The power of yes. the story to her is, whoa, you know all this. And you're still and, talking to me and and you you forgive all this yeah. and you love the person who all of this happened to none of this matters to you all that matters to you is what's behind the mask, yeah what's under all this yeah. stuff that has that is crushing me down yeah, and you can pull me out of that right that's that's the power of the story is that he does acknowledge all of that, but as you said, it's not in an accusatory no. matter Mm-mm. manner it's it's daughter. None of that needs to matter. right? You just need to trust in my life. And
0: that, you know, take a page out of that book in our interactions with our own family Mm -hmm. and friends and just in general, do we come across as, you know, a Mm know-it-all? I'm going to tell you how it really is. Are we that light of Christ Mm -hmm. that um, we're not fake? You know, transparency is key. But I believe that that's what changes hearts is that that loving embrace, you know, so to speak, in our manner and our language mm-hmm. and so on
1: it's It's interesting. My son peter was we were talking about the episode of this incredible dysfunctional family night mm-hmm. on the bear. And he said the next day the internet lights up with all these people saying, "That's my family." Mm-hmm. right? And in a Christian family, to go back to what Brenda was saying, our message to one another needs to be the lights left on, you can find your way home. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's the message and that not we have to, to be see.
2: judgmental. How easy it is to say, why are they doing it that way? Yeah. You know, and just to really start the ball rolling, you have to just be so cool. quick to write, oh. write them off. But there's that
0: hope again. There's always hope. Mm-hmm. When there's God, there's hope. Um, we're out of time. But, we are. Like, yeah, can you believe it? But we invite you to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720 for The Family Show. Hey. And please take just a moment and visit our website at 720WHYF.com for our fall fundraiser and make a donation um, as generous as possible.
1: And the most generous donation, keep us in your prayers.
0: For Brendan Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we leave you with a beautiful sound of seasons.